mm-hmm. the top of my coffee grounds container mm-hmm. was not fastened all the way. Mm-hmm. Eric, with I guess some slippery fingers, some butter fingers, if you will, mm-hmm. thought, okay, I'll just take it out and held on to the top as yeah. the bottom part of that container fell down. And there were a coffee grounds everywhere. Kitchen smells like coffee. I don't mind it. Hello, and thank you very much for downloading this most recent episode of Movie Guys Podcast. You can download many more episodes at movieguyspodcast.podbean.com. For those of you who do not believe me, Google this, please. It's everywhere. The director of the first Exorcist movie says on Twitter, end quote, Hey, did you hear that they are remaking my movie or doing a sequel? By the guy who directed those awful Halloween movies? I hope I'm not arrived to see it. Two months later, he died. We're talking about The Exorcist Believer. Eric, how the hell you do? That's amazing. Is that that's that's real? A, Google it right now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm serious. I'm dead serious. I, I'm not, I know it's no, a weird way of opening it. He is. No. Um, uh, I actually can pull it up. If, if, whoever pulls it up first can read it. But it's an amazing quote. This is a great way of opening this, That's this show. Amazing. I'll let you uh, do okay. it. Because I'm, I'm looking up uh, the guy who... David Gordon Green. Movie. It's David Gordon Green. Yeah, David Gordon Green, who did all the other... Yeah. Okay, here we go. Ready? Oh. Here's, the, here's the paragraph. On William Freakin's passing, writer and film critic Ed Whit, uh, Whitefield posted on Twitter and Facebook, William Freakin once said to me, quote, Ed... The guy who made those new Halloween sequels is about to make is about to make one to my movie, The Exorcist. That's right. My signature film is about to be extended by the man who made Pineapple Express. I don't want to be around when that happens, but if there's a spirit world and I come back, I plan on possessing David Gordon Green and make his life a living hell. Freaking actually died two months before the movie was released. Amazing. This man is committed. Somebody get David Gordon Green on the phone and ask if he's being haunted. Uh, I mean, like, do I do I do I show my hand very soon? There is stuff I want to talk about this movie, um, but this is this is angry Jordan. This episode, uh, David Gordon Green and, and and Jordan do not mix, and we all know why. Be, well, because of what happened with Halloween Ends. You remember that episode? I'm the very fans. familiar with that episode. The infamous episode, right? I so, mean, this guy sucks. So before that, though, he was pretty well into the comedy world, right? He's found him right. down, right? Vice principal is your highness. So he obviously has a style. Well, everybody was... It was right in my senior year in college or right after college. Everybody was going nuts off this indie film called George Washington. yeah. And that was his first, that was his breakout, if you will. Yeah. So, look, the guy hit it out of the park with the Halloween remake. We all know that, right? Or the Halloween sequel, if you will, the 2018 one. Halloween Kills is actually, I feel better. But then, yeah, ends, we all know. So, watching this movie, and I'm thinking, man, this is bland. And I Google who the director is like, oh, this is why I don't like this movie. This is David Gordon Green. This guy sucks. Anything he makes... For the rest of my life, he sucks. He's terrible. I would rather watch all the Fast and Furious movies in order than one of his movies ever again. I'm being serious. This guy's oh. a joke. This guy's a joke. I did not like Pineapple Express. I, I'm i not going to um, defend him at all, Jordan. I'm not going to completely maybe agree with you. But yeah, I will, for the most part, go on... on your your ticket there and, and ride that train saying that he's not uh he's not showing the best parts of everything he seems to be better for tv and not not for movies when pineapple express came out people were hailing it as oh greatest stoner movie at all time and listen buddy i'm i am a I am a stoner okay i i prefer the green uh, most absolutely to everything it's been more than half my life and so I've seen a lot of movies, and I've seen a lot of green. I've seen a lot of mix of both. I know some good movies. How High, one of my favorite movies of all time. I quote that movie from today. One of my... Yeah, I love exactly. that one. So when Pineapple Express came out, and they were equating it to, like, Cheech and Chong, I was pissed. I was furious. I said, no way. Pineapple Express will 
will have its trend for maybe five years between that, that college realm. You know, and when that class graduates, they're gonna forget about it because Pineapple Express has a flaw in that it's too old for the crowd it's presenting. It's a stoner movie, but it's not established in any sort of like high school or coming of age thing where you experiment with that and it's funny. This becomes, I don't know, diluted in its action and it's, it's trying to be funny, it's trying to, to do all the sorts at once and trying to be catchphrasy and gimmicky. I synced it, I get it. You know, it, right, right. it has its its things there. Or Bill Hader, you know, doing his little <laughs> thing in the beginning. It has its moments, but it is, I would not put it anywhere near right. as classic. Uh, it's just in the right. category. Same with Your Highness. I would say Your Highness is a better stoner movie than Pineapple Express. I've never seen it, so I will, I will do to it. But with Exorcist the Believer, I think this is it. Like, David Gordon Green... I think you and I can both agree that Halloween 2018 was a very big success, right? It brought the franchise back from the depths. Jamie Lee Curtis, he brings the old in, but introduces the new. You and I are a little different on Halloween Kills. But, a little bit mixed on that, but we agreed on Halloween well, Ends. Right, but then Halloween Ends just destroyed it, and you know how I feel. When it comes to Exorcist the Believer, that's what David Gordon, this is his niche right now. He went from pot stoner movie to I'm going to bring out old hag actresses and remake uh, or tell a new version of a movie that was popular in the 70s. Fine, they've been doing this since the 90s, but, like, do something else. Now, this doesn't mean that I hate this movie. I'm just saying I hate the guy that's doing this movie. Well, then give some discredit to Danny McBride on that, too, because when you talk David Gordon Green, you're going to have to bring in Danny McBride. Right, who destroyed Alien. I mean, one would argue who destroyed Alien, Ridley Scott or Danny McBride. I mean... Uh, that's, a, that's a good call. I, I, there's a lot of things wrong with that movie, Jordan, and that's a different episode. That's what well, we already did it. So, yeah, and you can go back years. and you can listen to that episode. Now. Right. But the reason why we want... Uh, okay, so we all know that I do the schedule here, and the reason why I wanted to put this on is because I think this is the first actual true Exorcist sequel since... What, the beginning in 2000-something? So like tell, 2004? Tell me about The Exorcist. How well do you know the franchise? Oh, extremely. Oh, God, extremely well. Uh, you and I run the same age. I don't know. It, well, you're a few years older than me, but what got me into The Exorcist, the first movie, was the trailers for 1998-99, where she did the spider walk, like the original movie. Uh -huh. And my dad, and it was like, this is the deleted scenes remastered and put in theaters for the first time. Remember that? Do you remember that promotion? Uh, yeah, you're talking about the 73 version, the, the, the re-release of Right. Yeah. yeah, the re-release, and they added the spider walk and some of these deleted scenes. And my dad took me to go see it because he was like, oh, this movie just scared the living hell out of you. Mm -hmm. Again, we all know where I'm going with this. Classic story. I was like, oh, I want to see this. It's 1999. I'm 12. And dad's like, yeah, let's take your exorcist. It's scared out of me. I can't wait to see you freak out. And, of course, my reaction was, yeah. This was scary? Yeah. Right, I, right. You know, I, the same way, because um, my dad was the same thing when he... We were going through that phase where it was the omens and poltergeist and the exorcist, kind of the supernatural mm -hmm. spooky stuff. And yeah, exorcist was one of those where watching it, I wanted to turn around and be like, this is, this is the, the movie that, that freaked you guys out? This is our ring, I guess, if you wanted to... Or sure. paranormal activity, maybe that that kind of came onto it. Yeah, yeah, ring. Yeah, yeah, ring. Yeah, I was, yeah. Yeah. People were, were freaked out. People were screaming and scared and crying out of the theater about this and that. But man, times they are changing. The um the the urban legend that I googled and it's not true that theaters were offering vomit bags for moviegoers in '73 just in case if they got sick. It's like it's it's that nonsense. So, but. I, I, I kind of put Exorcist in the same realm for me as Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original. What I mean by that is I've seen the movies. I've seen them a few times. Not a handful, but I've seen them a few times. I respect that. I respect what they're doing. I like what they're doing, but I'm not a fan. Now, I've seen the sequels to The Exorcist. I've seen The Heretic, which is ugh. Uh, I've seen I've seen all of them. I've seen three. And then uh, the... The reshot, remade, 
prequel. Remember that? Exorcist the Beginning or slash Exorcist Dominion prequel to Exorcist? Those are two separate, though. But it's the same movie. Yeah. It's the same movie. It's, it's the same characters and the same actors. Uh, yeah. Different directors, so, though, right? Right. Yeah. So Rennie Harlan did the uh, beginning. So the reason why we're doing this today, long intro, is because this from what I know is the newest sequel to the exorcist since 2000, 2005 era, like around that early two thousands. Now there's been exorcisms of and exorcisms of this, but not the exorcist, right? This is the first one since those movies, since exorcist, the beginning that has been a true sequel. When it comes then, uh, to that compared to this, would and you can tell this to the to the viewers is it to their benefit to watch the first one before going into this one no not at all you but see that's what sucks about this is that with david gordon green's attempt of halloween 2018 you probably should watch the first one to kind of like get you caught up with this one there's no reason they bring back some old characters they say some things but nothing to make you want to go Oh man, okay, she was masturbating with the crucifix. Okay, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no, no, I was yeah, looking for it too. It does, does yeah, things. yeah. So, but that's why we're here. We're reviewing this. This is on Peacock, I believe. Yes. Um. So here we're talking about it. I've been I've been griping. I I got some good opinions on this one. I like the idea that two, three, and four never happened. That's fine. We're in that. David Gordon Green world. Uh But I do also like that there are two victims. There are two people, two girls being possessed by the demon this time. I think that's kind of a clever idea, to be honest with you. Uh, Yeah, I I enjoyed it. I was just telling Sarah that I enjoyed the kind of mystery of it, that we get as much as the characters in, in the film. We're watching these girls go into the woods, Innocent enough, trying to do some silly little thing. Right. Suddenly they disappear. Everyone's freaking out, mm-hmm. and then they show back up in so many questions. Everyone's asking, "What? What happened? Where'd you go? Well, what'd you do? Well, okay. Well, no, obviously you weren't just doing that. Something, something malicious happened. Someone attacked you. Someone kidnapped you. Someone violated you. Someone did something. And those are the all the things that I'm sure us and anyone else would have to go through logically. Be like, okay, well. Drugs, no. Sexual assault, no. What, you know, what, what, what was it? What was it? And you're not getting any answers. And these girls aren't telling you anything either. What do you? What else can you do besides go on for tomorrow and, and see what that brings? I I enjoyed that. Yes. I know some people would find it frustrating, but I think that's I done it. Kind of how it goes. I, the other movies where not just the other uh, franchise, but other possession movies of exorcism where it goes through this whole passage. Uh, what's a good... Uh, the Conjuring would be a, a, client, uh, a good one. All right, yeah. everyone knows that, where it's this haunted house and you have these rules. Or, or Exorcism of Emily Rose is another one, where they do the, the slow possession, where they, mm. you, they have to weaken the spirit. They have to creep you out and play all these tricks, and then they, in your vulnerable state, then they attack and possess, and those types of rules. This... Right. We have a vulnerability. We have a we have a young girl who wants to, to contact her mom. In uh, albeit played, kind of a, a not as a as a big piece, but that's what I figured in. And yeah. then they're just going, and we don't get that. We just get get an overnight. All of a sudden it's the morning, they're gone, and then they next thing we know they're possessed. That's perfect. Thank you. I don't need yeah. all that filler. That that, that that actually is a strong part of the movie, Eric. I would agree with you. See, you're not agreeing on this. I think the first part, the, the first half of this movie is very strong. Um, one of the lines that I really liked was the dad, which we'll talk about the backstory, but the dad says to the daughter, the, the main daughter, uh, do you know how long you've been gone? And she was like, a couple hours. And he's like, baby, you've been gone for three days. Like, like a Blair Witch, doesn't it? Right. Like I'm like, okay, this is great. So... You know what? The funny thing is that not only do you and I agree on this, but it seems like a lot of the internet's agreeing on this too. This movie's critically panned. Fans hate it. Critics hate it. And all of them are saying what you and I are saying, because I guess we're critics too, is the first half is very strong. 
and then it just goes a completely different direction. So, um, yeah, so what, this movie uh, starts out in Haiti, right? Uh, there's a woman. Uh, there's also a man, uh, well, husband, wife, if you will. She's mm-hmm. pregnant, and there's an earthquake, and buildings, everything kind of screws up, and then this pregnant woman gets trapped. And then cut to, uh, how old's his daughter? 13, 14? Is it she in high school? It has to be 13, because after the 13. events of that day, it's said 13 years later. All right, 13 years later, they're from Haiti to Georgia. Were they in Haiti? Yeah. Uh, Cuba? I think I think it was something like, okay. But Dominican. now they're in Georgia. Okay. And, him, and him and his daughter live a normal life. I think he has probably told his daughter, oh, your mom died in labor or something, right? But she has this friend. This friend who is a very uh, comes from a very Southern Baptist family. Like all these little, this is great. Hey, 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 friend. After school, how about you and I walk in the woods? I found this place, and let's try to summon my dead mom. I just want to talk to my dead mom. Mm-hmm. Great, great setup. And then, like you said, what we talked about, the girls go missing. Boom. We know as the audience that they're possessed, but the characters don't know. Well, sure. Um, We're watching the movie called The Exorcist Believer. <laughs> Um, go back to things that I dislike. I hate the dad in this movie. Uh, Victor, uh, Leslie Odom Jr. I don't, his acting is bad. I don't know if that's how it was written on the page, but there are scenes where his daughter is literally floating in the air and there's no facial expressions. Yeah. He, I, he is blank. Yeah. I would agree with you that, um, there are some moments when he's, frozen he seems stunned and doesn't know how to react which albeit i get it fair for Mm. real uh reaction but this is a movie and all the other parents seem to be going into their characters a bit more and really embellishing he's just kind of watching everything right he's supposed to be a skeptic non-believer your daughter's literally saying anyway (laughs) we'll get his daughter is saying things she shouldn't be saying in a language or you know the way her face looks like sh- something's going on um yeah my wife say real quick I don't yeah. even, but a lot of these possession movies have something in common and that's when the person who is possessed changes their physical appearance sure and people look at that and be like oh well it's gotta be like a cold it's, or something it, right like it's lyme disease yeah it's just, you know, they're just contorting and uh, their eyes are yellow and they got pus, uh, you know, lesions in everywhere. Yes. It says, help me, scarred on their body. That's nothing. All right, I'll give you a third ibuprofen here. Let's see if that'll do the trick. Maybe a Tylenol. <laughs> Extra Benny is what you need to do. Drink all the NyQuil, hon. You know, last year in 23, we reviewed the Pope's exorcist. It was kind of the same thing, right? That kid was all possessed like that. Like that boy was all possessed and nobody was like bad. And I guess there was all sweaty and stuff and his all scratches on his face. Yeah. Like, like nobody's like, oh, you know, it's like normal. going into the tropes. I Just like we want to talk about the second half of this movie. And with that movie, the Pope's exorcist, it seems like there's a checklist for mm-hmm. exorcism or possession movies. Mm-hmm. And this started off as something else that mm-hmm. was in, was going to maybe sidestep that checklist mm-hmm. but at the end it was just back to business as usual let's do the thing. well back back to business and back to making jordan angry but uh we'll get there so also another again it's a trope so my wife and i are uh handmaid's tale fans and uh the nurse uh, the main nurse the older nurse she is and Handmaid's Tale, she's one of the evil, evil women that are in charge of an organization, right? Yeah. So she's in this as a nurse. And one of the things that, again, very tropey, but for the movie, I like what the movie's going this first half, right? Where the nurse goes to the dad, the main dad, right? Victor. And she's just like, hey, you know, I think something's going on with your daughter. He's like, I don't need your Bible stuff, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, and she was like, hey, guess what? My name was Mary something. She'd go with this whole backstory about how she was going to be a nun, but she had an abortion, so she couldn't do it, or she was ashamed or whatever. And I've told nobody this, but somehow your 13-year-old daughter knew it. I thought that was good. Again, 
it it could be bad movie, but when you get a good actor, Eric, like she's a good actress. When you get a good actor in a role, they're gonna sell it, right? Yeah, she well, sold that. This movie's called Believer, and in that moment, she made me a believer. And I think that's where Victor started to come around too. When you have somebody, your your neighbor, an acquaintance, come to you with that real, that hard, and and just pour it out and tell you, mm -hmm. listen, I know what you're thinking, but this is a moment where you have to probably get serious here, and in not in your conventional way. This is something, in you know, the example why you should be taking it seriously. That mixed in with, again, her altered appearance should be very alarming and why right. I would think that Victor finally started to go to the um, to the occult rather uh, than go through science. Now, I don't want to harp on this more, but I'm like, because I saw your reaction on camera. So you actually do think that this part where the nurse was telling the truth or confessing, right, that nobody else should know the story about her, but, you know, her and now that your daughter knows this, do you think that that was tropey, or do you think that because the actress is a good actress that she sold that well? How many or is times, this the movie that you want? How many times in a movie do you see a dialogue or situation that is developed so poorly because all that needs to be done is for one character to come in and say the line and say, mm -hmm. oh, well... They weren't there, oh, or she's, you know, she's dead, or just any of that line. You know, I know that where they're at. They're underneath the, any of that that one line where, it it shouldn't have to be, this whole rat race when a character, one character, can plainly just give you the route, give you the easy out. I feel like this is one such situation, where if this character, uh, Anne had not told Victor that, we would have had more of a movie where it would have been more Victor and more possession and the slow roll of the, that trope of, of him kind of falling into his skepticism, no, I don't believe you type thing. This, this scene, I think, cuts a lot of that out. Yeah. It goes just right for it, like, listen, stop. This isn't like that time. I'm telling you, very seriously, this is something that... I never told anybody, your daughter knew, and I think Victor had that in the back of his head. He didn't want to believe it because he knows, and the more and more he denies it, the more and more it seems to be going, getting thrown back yeah. into his face. This is where he accepts, and this is where that movie turns. I think this is the, the part, though, where we start getting that second movie. Um, right after the scene that I think was the scariest, I don't know if you agree with me or not, but the scene that made me the uh, that made me go, oh, right, this movie's not scary. No, Let, let's right, but it's more of a but the scene, right, but but there's a scene in the movie where I go, oh, I'm excited. You're like, what's going to happen is where the other family is in church, and this is another thing that you've just said a little bit ago, right? The family brings the daughter, this other possessed daughter to the church who looks like Reagan from the first. She does. She, she looks, really does. she looks wrecked. Like her hair started to bald. She has scratch over her face. It's all right, honey. Let's go say hi to Jesus, you know? And she's in there just being a brat in church, which is not uncommon. But what made me freak out, not freak out. I'm sorry, but made me go, Oh, okay. What's going to happen is that you got the Southern Baptist, you know, snake candle and bull crap, you know, and she's gone when they take the little uh, money tray around. <laughs> that was and, the Eucharist. I don't think it was a money tray. Whatever. And, and 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 the dad goes to find her, and, like, all the holy water and stuff's knocked down. Like, you don't know where she is. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a cool thing, right? What's going to happen, right? Because she, she looks great. Like, the makeup is great. She looks great. And then all of a sudden, she is walking down the aisle of the church, just messed up like blood or something was that wine like on her dress like looking straight evil deadish yeah and i'm like oh this is gonna be cool nothing really cool happens from it but great imagery i would i would say after the church is where the movie goes yeah you know when she started yelling the body of the blood red rum red rum I, right i, I 
kind of turned off right there, and that's when there wasn't it a whole lot to bring me back. Yeah, I, I almost wanted, I was expecting her, because maybe she looked like so much like Reagan, for her to like walk halfway down and then maybe say something pee. and then pee, yeah. Yeah, pee, like that long pee or something like Reagan does. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's a scary movie. And then, and then somebody <laughs> takes her and says, bad girl. <laughs> but, but yeah and then again those parents kind of no that kind of they did piss me off it, it's yeah they were bad it's they were I, if your daughter was doing that i wouldn't grab her but what's wrong with you no I'd, I'd pick her up and run out and we would go home bye everyone thank you i have a good day get out of here right why this is going on victor the other dad has a good idea by putting his daughter into a mental hospital and then he very conveniently discovers from the nurse Anne that there's this woman who wrote a book that's famous, quote unquote, mm -hmm. who has a daughter that had the same experience. You should go find her. This is where, for me, now you said that that you floundered because of the body of the blood, blah blah, but the movie floundered because. Oh, what's Ellen Bernstein? Is that the actress's name? Mm -hmm. um, she was so easy to find in this movie, right? Like, I mean, like Jamie Lee Curtis was harder to find in Halloween 2018. This woman is living nights in row dancing Nicholas Spark style on a beach. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, she is. so easy to find, not a big deal. And you laugh because it's true. Like, <laughs> no, I, I get it completely. That's the first thing I said. She's living on a beach. What the what the hell is this lady doing? Right, and I brought Nice Rodanthe because she's old. Um, well, but... <laughs> she's wearing that, you know, that Diane Lane uniform. Right. So, or, uh, congrats... Keaton, whatever. Congratulations, uh, David Gordon Green. You brought you brought Ellen Bernstein back. Congratulations. Um, who was in the original? I can't believe, completely forgot. She's in two of my favorites. She's an exorcist in Requiem. Um, and she she's which Detroit. which is. She's oh, she's a Detroit. Girl. She's a Detroit girl. Yeah, nice. So I, so I have a question. So, so Victor shows up, knocks on the door. Ellen Bernstein. Which, what's the actress's name? I'm, I'm sorry, not the actress. What's the character's name that she plays? I shouldn't know this from loving the first movie, but oh, uh, oh, for the exorcist. Yeah, for Ellen Bernstein's character. What is her name again? Uh, let me pull it up here. I, I got it here, and then I was, yeah. I was looking at because <laughs> I feel like I'm stuff. disrespecting. Uh, exorcist a little bit here. Probably. Right? What's your name? Uh, why can't I look this thing oh. up? Here it is. Oh, Chris. Chris. Chris, okay. So she plays Chris. What also started to piss me off is that this random dude knocks on her glass, you know, door, and he shows a copy of her book, and then the next scene is he's inside, like, drinking tea. Yeah. I'm just like, what? what okay. You know. And she's, I mean, she says a line that made me mad where she was like, oh, this happened to my daughter, but I haven't talked to my daughter in years. Mm -hmm. I don't know where my daughter is. I'm like, really? Like Reagan, Linda Blair, we're not going to know where she is. God, David Gordon Green sequel, right? Like, that's such a cop out. Like, because yeah. also too, Chris in the first movie was a respected actress, like. Like her character in the movie was a Hollywood actress. Yeah, that's that's what I had thought too. Is that because they were entertaining uh, in their house for the most part when Reagan was still doing that? Yeah, they were they were yeah. like socialites. Yeah, she was she was an actress, and they were in Georgetown for a, for a role in a movie, and she got possessed. But anyway, so she's gonna come and help. Chris is gonna come and help. She's not an exorcist, which I was like, okay, so the whole point of the movie is called The Exorcist. Keyword, there's no exorcist in The Exorcist. <laughs> believer. We there gotta is believe. There, there, there's not. Right? <laughs> not I mean, official, like, no, there's not. No, there's not. A, so this woman, this old, this old hag comes in. Now I love Ellen Bernstein, but I'm saying for the character in this movie, right? All respect to her, but for the character that she plays. She's like, I wrote a book. I had this experience in 73. Sure, random guy. I'm going to come help you out. No big deal. Let's go kidnap your daughter from the mental hospital and let me let me help you, right? And then she goes to the other family's house, 
They break into the other family's house. The mom is in the in the kitchen in the corner with the other kids praying to Jesus. And the dad's freaking out, yes, you know. God. Right? And then Chris, our 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 Jamie Lee Curtis, if you will, right? Yeah. Our our big star gets wrecked because <laughs> the other girl possessed stabs her in the eyes and blinds her with a cross and then that's it. Chris is gone. It's like, why bring that character back? Why would you do this? Just so she can get stabbed in the eye. Why? Yeah. It'd be like, it'd be like, it'd be like, remember, remember in Halloween resurrection, a lot of Halloween references tonight where the opening of the movie is Jamie Lee Curtis getting killed. Yeah. Why? There's... Like, just why, why bring her? Like, why are you doing this? Why she doesn't die in this Constantly, in, in this <laughs> scene of the house, they're going there because they know, they know, right, mm-hmm. that Catherine, the daughter, is just as bad as Angela, as, as Victor's daughter is. They're, right. they're going into that house expecting to see this. And so when they knock at the door and they say no one's home, and then oh, wait, no, someone is home, and then they go in and they see it just in shambles, obviously just wrecked everywhere. Right. That's that's an alarm right there. I, right there. Again, and here's another thing that, that really pisses me off. During this entire movie, dude, I was questioning what period, what time period this was because of how infrequent they use any goddamn technology in this movie. Uh, I yeah, saw a cell point. phone maybe twice in this movie. I saw a laptop maybe twice in this movie. You have all this technology and not once is there a text is there a, any sort of like uh, news outlet or you know to call of distress? Anything? A flashlight? You bring in an old school Duralite? You don't have any sort of LEDs when you're looking in the forest. You have your old school uh, uh, just just mag light. This that's the dumbest thing. If it's if it's present time, it is. You have all this technology. None of it's being used, and I and I hate it. That's, oh, it's terrible. Um, it is confirmed. I'm sorry to interrupt you. So when the dad, I think it's at the end of the movie, like one of the last shots, the dad visits the mom's grave and it said she was born. This this makes me feel old. Makes you pr- born in 1986 and died in 2010. Every director, David so, Gordon Green, are you listening to this movie? The, your next movie includes some techni- technology, man. People, please. you have your David. You have your phone on you right now. I know you do. You're probably googling us right now because of how bad we're bashing you. And that right there is an example of why you should include your technology because you don't you're not including it in anything. What was the the, the other movie, the Cobweb, that we watched? Oh what? yeah, yeah, Cobweb. Where, again, these horror movies, man. Well, really... I mean, like, well, it's because of, well, it's 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 because of technology that you know they're they're that they're kind of handcuffed, right? But you're right. Like, why aren't they uh, texting uh, the daughter? Um, yeah, these two teenage these girls don't have... would be on Snapchat. Yeah, They would exactly. be on Snapchat. They would be talking to each other. Yeah, it, 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 it's a bothersome uh, detail for, for me. I, I don't know why, just because it's so... It's, it's in our world. And to pretend like it isn't, even like the throwaway from Evil Deads or something like that, where it's just like, oh, we don't have any reception out here. Okay, that, I, I, that's at least something. It's at least a, your throwaway line to where you can excuse the technology. But to, if for something like this in a movie where you are selectively using it for certain scenes or, I don't know, to get an information where you couldn't originally, well, how am I going to find out about this person? I know. I'll click on a YouTube video and I'll watch that twice. And then the next scene will be me going to her house because that makes sense. So I just have to piece that together that he watched a YouTube video and was able to just locate this woman and then just go see. Uh, I might be writing too much. In, in no, you're not. Be... Okay, well then thank you. because it, No, it... you're not. It's it's Because what frustrates me is that also what kind of demon is this? Because before Ellen Bernstein gets blinded, uh, she goes to the girl's room and the girl and Ellen Bernstein's like, I know you know who I am, and then the little girl gets the all like possessy, waggy tongue stuff, like scary movie two style. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, is this Pazuzu? Which people that don't know, I didn't make that word up. Pazuzu is the name of the of the demon that possessed Reagan in the very first movie. So are they saying this is Pazuzu again? 
there's a lot of questions on why that scene was why that line was said that doesn't make sense but the demons here the demons possess the girls the girls are now fully possessed everything that we loved about the first part of the movie is gone out the door now we're getting into a possession movie where oh boy do they jump the shark (laughs) they jump the shark so these parents eric these parents you know i'm not the world's greatest (laughs) i'm trying like every parent that's our age and the world right now Mm -hmm. but you have two girls teenage girls that look the way they do that are saying things that they are saying kidnap them take them to a house and strap them back to back in chairs yeah you have completely lost me at this point you have lost me and then you have a southern baptist snake handler you have a voodoo woman and nobody else who believes <laughs> well, they had the the pastor they had the who was freaked out who wouldn't do anything so he went outside in the car uh, well no that was the priest then that they was had, the priest then okay. they had the preacher they had uh the the, 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 the southern baptist guy there was the neighbor who was the, there was the, the neighbor the, who was okay. who was the, the the your snake guy who has the the tongues okay. and in the voodoo lady but then there was the the Joel Olstein looking guy with the tie, okay. and and he was from the uh, uh, Catherine and uh, that family's church. Uh, okay. His name was Tony, right? It was the dad? Yeah, Tony, and, and I forget what the mom's name was. Then we have Anne, who was who was a great uh, actress. Well, the actress Marie. that plays Anne. She's here. It's like it's again. I said this earlier. The movie's called Exorcist, and there's not an exorcist in the movie. No, they try to get it one, but uh, that's even. Yeah. yeah, the church would have nothing to do with this. Now, okay, so this is how you would write the movie, right? You would do that first half that we'll be liking, making a mystery, right? For new audiences, bring that into it, right? But then you got to remind the older audiences, us, for the second half of the movie. So this is where you're like. This is where you get Ellen Bernstein and you make her like, I don't want to do anything with this. My daughter was crazy, you know, and I don't want to deal with this. And and then you go to the church and they talk about Father, Father Marion and they talk about the old guy, the old priest and the young priest, like that whole stuff. Right. And you got to bring that stuff into this. Yeah. But they don't do that. What they do, which. I don't know if I like or dislike because the demons won, but it's split up into the two girls. And the demon says, one of the girls is going to die. You yeah. have to choose which one doesn't, essentially. Or, or like, no, like they say, the demon's like, you have to choose which one because the other is going to die. I do I like that? I, I kind of dig that idea because now you got the introduction of two. Yeah. Do you like that? Yeah, I do like it. Only for the conflict of Victor. It was then revealed that in his uh, distress, when the the earthquake happened and his wife died, he was given the choice by the doctors there, hey, listen, we can't save them both. You have to pick one or the other. You have to pick your wife or the daughter. And he picks his wife. He does, right. Which every guy that's listening to this, me and you included, would argue and say otherwise, but you don't know, right? You don't know in that moment. I if it was like, with possession, if it was some sort of possession, I would easily just say, "Take me." Like if you could, right. you could have me all you want. You could take those two or leave those two, but take me. I, that would right. be an easier decision for me. But yeah, I'm not gonna make that Sophie's choice. Holy cow! No, no it's terrible, right? I, it's like it was. It was that was that was a great reveal. I mean, like there are small little great reveals at the end of this, right? Like there are little things but that they needed have, to. to cut you off, there's there's another part where again the technology shit again, Jordan, where the father was trying to plead to whatever his congregation or the the deity that he was trying to go up to the the chain, and say, hey, we need some exorcists, some professionals over here. And they say, oh, well, we've heard you, and uh, we thought about it. We can't. 2023, buddy, 
get get a get a goddamn camera, videotape the thing, and record it and send it. Fly them over. You telling me that you don't have another like a cardinal or you know a bishop, someone who's who's nearby who can maybe check it out? You're just going off of tall tales here, off of, of what somebody said. Come on, man. Right. Well, I mean, like, also you have more video evidence than the Ghost Adventures has ever had. Yeah. I mean, right at this point, yeah. I mean, like, but it's like they they're able to pull security footage from the school, but right. they but they can't do video of anything else. Right. And, and and see, this is this is where I'm frustrated because what is what is interesting about the very first Exorcist movie, right? Is because when you're a young kid, like when we were in the late '90s. And we would say to our to our to our dads, mostly not our moms, but our dads, they'd be like, "The Exorcist." They're like, "Oh, that's scary!" Like, for the first hour and some minutes of that movie, that movie's not scary, no, right? It's, it's building, it, yeah. Right. It's it's that last twenty minutes, right? And that's what this movie should have been, because the first half of this movie is that very first movie. You know what I mean? It's a slow build. It's building character. Not great ones, but it's building characters. It's building a world. We're getting immersed into it. But then the movie just completely changes into every single exorcist conjure movie you can think of. These girls are being possessed. They're they're floating in air. You know what I mean? They're speaking in tongues and all this stuff. And then, oh, we gotta have a death for some reason. Gotta have a death. So the priest or whatever, the dude that was freaking out in the car, comes in with this with this purple scarf and his black robe. And he's like, damn you to hell. You know, like he, that. He guy. finds his courage and he comes he in. He finds his courage. Praying. And and then this is this is Dave and Gordon Green's cleverism, if that's a word, it's not. And this is me making fun of him. Hey, you know how in the first movie Linda Blair's neck turned all the way around and that was really cool? How about we do that again? But let's kill a guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Because this priest dude is like, I damn you to hell. And then and then and then the friend girl goes, whatever, uh, demon, turns her neck, and the guy's neck is breaking, turning around. It's like, oh, come oh, on. Another Easter egg was when Catherine, I think she threw up or spit up the green on uh, yeah. Anne. So uh, another mm -hmm. nice little I mean, tip I mean, of the hat to the first one. This 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 whole thing has turned into every Exorcist movie. Nobody said the power of Christ compels you, like you know, like the tropes. Like where's the ball 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 ball? You know the Jaws music. Like where is that? There, that was here. The, the Exorcist score was here. It, it I did hear it. I heard okay. it. Very, I pointed out there was a moment when it was Victor and he was driving down the road somewhere, but wow. it, it no, it was not the the tubular bells that we know classically. It was modernized or or faded into the background maybe a bit, but I definitely heard it. It was it was it was remade by Juice World. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, and and then of course um, the father of the of of the other daughter, not Victor's daughter. He can't take anymore. He's a wuss, right? Yeah. Which I don't know. I don't know if you can call him a wuss, right? Because like I was trying to like think, well, what I would do in that scenario as a father, because it's like I know that the demon said between the girls, choose. And I'm thinking, okay, if I choose my daughter, then the other one will die. That's sad, but my daughter's with me, right? And he he just loses his mind and he chooses his daughter. He chooses his daughter. The girls snap out of it. But Victor's daughter is the one that survives. When you choose, you chose which one who was going to die. And his daughter got sucked into hell. I have an issue. The original Exorcist did not show us hell. Maybe they couldn't do it budget-wise back in the day, but it doesn't matter. They didn't show us because it was whatever. I don't like that the other friend, the girl, A, dies. I think it's a cop out that she dies. But also, B, I don't like that we see her in a Hellraiser corridor. Yeah. And she's just sitting in a chair going, Mama, Mama, and then gets sucked into a sewer of, of demons. That was I, the same corridor when Victor was looking for them originally in the woods. Oh, I didn't get that. Okay. But still doesn't make it better, though. 
Yeah. There so were they a, saying that the girls were trapped there the whole time? Uh, was that what they were? Is that what they're saying? Maybe not the whole time, but maybe is that originally where they were? Maybe there's a part where you could probably go back to watch it. I'm not in any interest to go back to watch this movie to get that detail. Right. But I think it was made vague for a reason. To did you like location. seeing hell? Uh, it was not necessary. No, not necessarily. Was that uh, hell? I sure it was it, close enough to to what it is. I. I do see what he was trying to do, David Gordon Green, with the Tony character, though. Certain shots that you get is just in his attitude first is that obviously he's pretends to be this very religious man. But uh, you kind of see little blips of his character, and I think it really comes out towards the end when obviously he's freaked out for his daughter. Of course he loves his daughter, but I would do anything for it. But when they are going into the house to perform the right and he's the only one that doesn't take off his shoes that right. again has that moment of belief where right does he actually believe yeah yeah he, he's or he doesn't want to accept maybe he's to the certain point or when he retreats when when he can't take enough and he goes to cower um, behind the wall and then eventually he, in his sheepish i guess uh whatever uh cowardice if you, he just jumps out and says his daughter's name because he just wants to be over i liked though that victor and miranda were strong enough to not give a choice they know they know to to not say that of course it's it's i don't ever i would love to want to save my daughter of course sure Sure, sure, sure. I would be tormented for the rest of my life, though, knowing that through my actions, another girl was killed to to save that. I would feel responsible for that death, that I had killed sure. somebody. I get it to, to save my daughter, but that girl is still an innocent. What, which, 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 again, which I've been saying, if they had an actual real exorcist, right, demons play games. So who's to say that this would have been the outcome if we had an actual, like, young priest, old priest, exorcist team up? You know what I mean? Because if they would have had an actual exorcist, yeah, okay, whatever, you have your games, only one girl will survive. Also, why would the demon even allow that? Like, hey, you know, I'm a demon. I, I'm lying to you and saying only one girl survived. Tricks on you, both girls are dead. So, like, yeah. why? And here's another... Uh part two that is addressed in other movies is when the possessed when the spirit is expunged and when in, in cast it out of the the body of the host it does it just disappear does it just go into vape and and goes back it, to hell right I, I that's one way i guess if they're, if they're channeling it but you have seen other movies where it passes on whether it be like fallen or even the Pope's Exorcist, he put it into a pig and then killed the pig. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that at least was better. Right. Yeah. Just, yeah, just was... something like that. Where as this, it was all right. Choice was made, and they did a bunch of smoke and mirror tricks, actual smoke and mirrors. Right. right. Uh, and it really didn't do a whole lot besides kind of torment or get them ready. It seemed like it was going to the way of an exorcism but then tony the dad just couldn't have it anymore and he grew impatient shouted the name before the right was done and that's and that's what happened but yeah. that seems weird for a demon to possess both girls and then one one die once one dies they're just like good but i guess you know what? I think I just answered my own question. He got his the demon got his soul, and then they're he good. He got his soul. Yeah, he 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 made his quota for the month. Um, but the last shot of the movie that, and when I originally saw the last shot, I, I smirked. I didn't smile. I smirked. But then I was like, oh, was that justified? You talking about the classroom or? No, the end of the movie where blind Chris is sitting in a chair. And out of nowhere, the real Reagan, Linda Blair, shows up and says, Mama, or something. How, how much do you think she got paid for that? 
Oh, she got paid. Yeah. She got paid. Uh, Ellen Bernstein. This is an IMDb trivia thing. Ellen Bernstein turned down the movie. And then they offered her double salary. So then she donated her salary to like some screen actors thing. I'm true story. So uh, there's already a, a sequel planned. Exorcist yeah. uh, starts with a D. Uh, uh, Deceiver. I don't know. Deceiver. Let's see if that happens. I mean, this movie's critically panned. Uh, and, and we're in that boat, right? Yeah. I mean, we are we are in that boat. This movie is not Halloween 2018. Yeah, I I do like an exorcism movie. I do like a possession movie. But there have been so many that just seemed really promising. And it just did. Exorcist, Exorcist, the beginning was a, one that I had brought up before where I was all on board. It seemed like it was going pretty good. I get it. They're in a foreign land. Like, what are they? Like Israel or Jordan or something like that. Um, and there's that scientist, uh, uh, Skarsgård, uh, who is going around and finding the gargoyle statue and piecing it all together and getting the history. I like it. I like it. But then the ending happened where it was just like, I don't know, what, a chaos, like earthquake or storm or something like that. Well, then, well, then a woman was possessed, yeah, at the end. Like, yeah. She was possessed the entire time. Yeah, yeah and thing. it was just like, God, oh, man, this is... And then many other movies do the same thing. Uh, uh, Haunting in Massachusetts, uh, you know, uh, Conjuring two and three, uh, The Right, if you remember that one. What was the what was the what was the uh, first person haunting one where they where they want to interview an old woman that has dementia, but it's like a snake witch and she like I know hinges her jaw at the end and she tries to eat somebody whole. That was that was another one that had a great mystery. Uh, that turned out to be crap at the end because of the jump scares. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, maybe? Is it... Uh, I, I think I know the the clip that you're talking about, but again, right. we have seen a lot of movies. We've seen a lot. We, we've seen a lot, so this is where if you are a talented director, is it which... Requiem? Is it just Requiem? Not for a dream. Just no, it. no. I don't believe so. No, they were... They went to go interview... Uh, it's a point of view movie found footage movie where they want to interview dementia patients and this dementia woman was possessed by some snake demon and of course we all know the clip youtube you know tiktok where she unhinges her jaw and half a woman's in her mouth until they shoot her it's it's again doesn't matter sure uh uh, but if you were david gordon green if you were talented at all which you're clearly not um, you would have found a way to not be the stereotype that Exorcist has created, right? Because now he's just a stereotype. It's, how is this any different than uh, Scary Movie 2 at this point? Really? <laughs> I mean, I'm saying it's it's true, though, right? I mean, like, the, the movie was serious. They made all these other movies. They became parodies. And now this movie's following the stereotypes that's following this, the, the parodies. Yes. You're saying this, and as I'm, uh, we're talking about it, are we giving the original Exorcist then '73 more, uh, a lot more credit then for for what it has done? Uh, yes. Just because the, in yes. this movie there's a group, there's almost like a group of that they're in the circle and doing it, whereas right. Exorcist, it's the two, it's the two fathers, it's the two priests, they're doing it, and one, Denny is, uh, like horribly haunted right i mean by right by his mom and he's he's the non-believer in this he was having a crisis of faith even before this and um father karis uh in that movie was you know was the good was the experience he was the 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 light that you you looked for okay give me the answer please because i don't know what's going on here and then when you see his his questioning, his dismay, you're saying, oh man, this is a, a bit more. That movie is not as horrific as it, again, it is suspenseful and thrilling. Same with this one. Whereas other movies, exorcism movies, possession movies, tend to go more for that horror, for the jump scare, like Conjuring, right? Like Exorcism of Emily Rose, um, and or uh, The Witch, you know, yeah. is, is, is probably another good one. Jeez, there's a lot of movies man the nun yeah you know we can keep on going all day <laughs> right all day we can go on this stuff the pope's exorcist we reviewed it season of the witch <laughs> season of the witch 
Halloween 3, okay. Go on. <laughs> the greatest Halloween movie that's not a Halloween movie. Um, yeah, so I really think we're tiptoeing here on the popcorn ratings. Um, does this deserve a no bag or a small bag, right? It's, it's definitely better than Halloween 3, which yeah. uh, Dave Gordon Green's Halloween 3, so it's definitely not a bad bag of kernels. But I'm struggling still right now as I'm talking with the review of what do I give this? I was hoping maybe in this review can change my mind. But, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to be so harsh and say it's a no bag. No, this is this is a, a small for sure. It's, 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 it's definitely a small bag, yeah. I'm, 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 I don't know, though, Eric, because are we ever going to see this again? Are we ever going to go back and say this is a part of the Exorcist saga? Or are we just saying that Exorcist ends with Exorcist in the beginning, right? I mean, does this add anything new to the franchise? Does this do anything new? It, it really doesn't. How about this? I will give it a small bag because the first half. The first half is what I was wanting for an Exorcist movie. When you get an Exorcist movie, it's kind of like a Godfather movie, right? What mm-hmm. I mean by that is, like, you watch Godfather 1 and 2. 3 doesn't count. And the movie drags and drags, and it's slow, and nothing happens, right? Until the last 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're all excited. You're like, yeah, yeah this is great. Um, kind of opposite here for that. Um, I, I just wish that David Gordon Green would stop directing. I don't think he's a good director. Um. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't. And the reason why I say it, because this is not a personal thing. It's just that, you know, he's just following the same tropes as what he did with the Halloween 2018 movie. Right. I mean, what's next? He's, he's going to do Friday the 13th. You know, like, come up with something else your own. There's something. I I agree halfway with you, just like you, you do with this movie. In right. that, uh, uh, David Gordon Green, I, I wonder again if it's not him so much it's the people around him i'm not a fan of of danny mcbride in the horror sense so much i understand that he has an eye for it and he knows what it is i was never really particularly a fan of his humor either it's kind of that um what i call hilarigance where being this cocky kind of a-hole type of person that nobody really takes seriously and because no one takes you seriously that's why it's funny you know, for someone to come in with a big old beer belly gun, but man, I'm the greatest athlete of all time type of thing. That's right. funny because just by <laughs> your appearance, we can tell that you are not. But he's very genuine in his delivery, and he thinks it's something else. So I think that those two guys are making movies like this for themselves, and they're not really kind of putting in, or, again, they're trying to appease someone else here. This movie did have things going for it. Those two girls... I thought were great. They did a fantastic yeah. job uh, with it. I agree that Leslie Odom Jr. was uh, the victor, um, was not as um, charismatic in his delivery for most, but at the same part, he's supposed to be playing this this skeptic father who really doesn't know what to do next. I don't know how else to play that, but you're right. There are a lot of moments where it seemed like uh, your his freezing took over instead of fighting or, or fleeing. And he just stood there while his daughter was there. flying. <clears throat> you know, he just stood there. And then, of course, my arguments about the technology in this movie, I, again, could have easily felt that this movie was in the 80s or the 70s without having you anyone tell me, until I saw a computer or a cell phone, and I was like, oh, well, all right. The fashion. Even the girls were dressing like they were... Why could this be in the 80s? Why could this be uh, 1974? That right, would have like been I think a bit why? more authentic, just because you, there's that part where you are disconnected. We're in a world right now where again you are a phone call, a text, a Google away from most anything. Sure. Back then, it's if you know you send a letter in the mail and you gotta wait. That's it for your help. You you gotta yeah. make a phone call and put it on the voicemail. Or hope they pick up because some, you know, a lot of answering machines didn't answering machines didn't exist back then. You're alone. You're you're in the water on your own, bud. You're stranded. That is that is scary. That's fearful, man. But for these people to willingly just disregard almost any sort of, uh, I don't I don't get what world they're in. 
So Chris is is a is a person who's known in this world. She's famous, but she's famous, yeah. So is this exorcism just completely just off the radar? Then have they? She wrote the book, and and she was. I mean, like they said that she became very wealthy and famous off the book, negating that she was an actress in the movie. You know what I mean? Like her character was an actress. So, like, she just wrote the coattails, you know, that she was this person that wrote a book in 73. I mean, I mean, let's just call it out. And it, it is 2023 when this movie came out. It's it's the what, the 40th anniversary? 50th? Yeah, something like that. It's, it's 73, so 83, 93, 2003, 2013. Yeah, this is the 50th anniversary. Is it the 50th? Uh, Quick math, yeah. you're smart. Yes, yes. This is the 50th anniversary of Exorcist. That's why this came out. I mean, that that's as much thought as David Gordon Green put into it. I mean, come on, right? No, I I, I get you. I, again, just I don't get in the world where it's like this. Is is she supposed to be seen? Um, uh, Chris, by the way, I, Chris, I'm talking yeah. about. Is she supposed to be seen like some sort of like a modern day Uri um, Uri Geller? Is some fraud? You know, who... No, they would say that in this movie. They said that she wrote this book, her daughter was... She said that her daughter was upset that she wrote the book because she became rich and famous off of it. That was it. That was the lie. Right, so, like, there's... So there's obviously a level of awareness here that demons and possessions are... Okay, this is... I'm asking questions I'm not going to get answers to unless they're in The Deceiver, which I doubt. Which the deceiver will not come out, right? There's like those little lines that should have been missed, right? Like, I mean, like when Victor came to the house to Chris, she should have said the the, the stereotypical line of, oh, you're one of those who thinks they have a possession, huh? I've had thousands of you over the past 50 years. Yeah. Ex- Where ex- was that line? Exactly. That, that's a trope, but that would have worked. throwaway, too, is when Angela is in her, confined in her room at the psych ward, and she's with her nails carving Reagan in the wood. And yeah. like, what? Who's, who's Reagan? I don't. Who's that? Like, what the hell, man? Right. Nobody. Nobody at this at the psych ward's like, huh? She she's her nails. <laughs> like huh, her name's not Reagan, huh? Oh well, but it replaced it. Not, not, oh, not ask any nails? questions. Her nails are falling off. It doesn't say help me on her back. It doesn't matter. That's just oh, so frustrating. Well, one hell of a flu, yeah. <laughs> movie should have been like like five years after the first one in in story, right? That's what it should have been. Well, I mean, I, I okay, so I give it a small. You didn't officially say. Are you officially saying a small as well? I'm I'm officially saying a, a, a small. Like obviously, okay. there's something there for the people if they want to. I think it's better than than some possession movies, but. Um, again, this is one of those where, yeah, it's small. It's one of those where we don't think it's worth it, but again, if you're a fan of it, you can go ahead and yeah, and, and check it out. It, it's a it's a fine movie, dude. The runtime run one fifty, you know, this is this is a date movie. I mean, honestly, this is why we reviewed it, right? Because movie guys, we have the history Exorcist. There's an Exorcist movie called The Exorcist. We're gonna see it, right? I mean, so. Yeah, small for me, small for you, right, Eric? Uh, not surprising. I don't know if it was going to be a bag of kernels for you. I don't know if you were children of the corn mad. No, no. I think that there are other exorcism movies or possession movies that are far worse than this one. This one was fine. It, it wasn't great, and I wouldn't call it good. It, it was entertaining. I, I completed it. I understand that, but... Those gripes that I have really, it really bothers me more than I want it to. Something like, again, like The Conjuring, I really do love that movie because it plays to the theme. It plays to its its time. It You're stranded in that house, and it has a good story. It has a good jump, a lot of good jump scares. And that creepy part, it builds tension. I like that. This movie, it had moments where it was doing that. And then there were parts where it felt like, I don't know. If fell. It, yeah, I, I really just don't know what happened there. All right. Well, I mean, that concludes our review for Exorcist Believer, right? I mean, Eric and I both give it a small. If you're a fan of the franchise, check it out. If you're a casual watch, I, I, don't waste your time. Maybe watch Pope Exorcist. Maybe that was a better movie. I don't know. 
watch the original. Maybe watch that one instead. Uh, but thank you, everybody, for listening to this most recent episode of Movie Guys Podcast. Check us out at movieguyspodcast.podbean.com or, of course, download all of our episodes on any platform that you have. Thank you so much. We'll be back next Thursday for another awesome episode. Eric, thank you so much for joining me. Have a good night. Do you see how I'm supporting Michigan by wearing my old school Pistons hat there, bud? <laughs> That's a horrible way to support Michigan by wearing our worst team's logo right now. I don't know. I mean, uh, this is pretty legit, man. Oh, the throwback, of course, is, is yes, legit. When I was at uh, um, Little Caesars Arena to see the game, they were selling this stuff like hotcakes. They the throwbacks sell better than the other than the, the current I think right now, and that's just because people want to be reminded of a time when the Pistons were actually good. Yeah, yeah. What do you um, what do you think of my uh, drinking glass here? I love your nineteenth hole drinking glass. I feel like every grandpa or grandparent mm-hmm. has a cup like that that's just kind of sitting. I have four. In like the back of their cupboard, right? In you go, Grandma and Grandpa, what's this for? And they go, Oh, that's for that's my tea drinking, my iced tea drinking cup. And what they mean by that is, it's their camouflage cup because they would drink something out of it, but then they'd be pouring a little something extra in it. Right, that's exactly what it's for. So that's Grandpa's cup. Don't touch that. That's Grandpa's tea. <laughs> Grandpa's medicine. Um, you know what's funny, and I, I guess this uh, this kind of shows uh, my love of beer. Uh, 